Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast, another Chakra Chat. And today, um, oh my God, I love this conversation so much. It was just joyous talking to Tamara Zona. Tamara is um, is a happiness coach. I mean, what could be better? Uh, when we started the conversation, I was like, oh, Tamara, I'm just feeling so sort of like ugh, exhausted and heavy right now. And I'm going to have to really drag myself. I'm sorry. And um, she's like, don't worry, we'll get you. We'll get your energy up. And my God, she did. She enthused me. She gave me so much beautiful wisdom and just joy. This is a woman full of joy. And we loved and we had so much in common. I thought she was brilliant. I love this. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Um, here we go. Enjoy Tamara Zona on the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. So welcome to um, the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. Today's episode is a Chakra Chat, and I'm really excited to be sitting here with, well, on Zoom, with Tamara Zona, who has, I think, probably one of the best job titles I have ever heard, because she is a certified happiness coach. (laughs) Welcome, Tamara. (laughs) Thank you, Roseanne. It's good to be here. So tell me, how did you come to be a happiness coach what is the journey that takes you to to that because I think it's just amazing and tell me is there is there actually a qualification for this I mean I'm sure there is you know it's a certification through a program by an author Marcy Shymoff and um, so she had written the chicken soup for the women's soul with Jack Canfield and then she wrote happy for no reason and did just a ton of research on happiness and positive psychology and started sharing it and teaching it and then offered a program for facilitators to share and teach that work as well. And I had been on my journey for quite some time, the whole life as we all are, but for about um, eight or nine years and My first certification was life coaching. My second certification was as a passion test facilitator. Mm. And I 
I'll tell you more about that as we chat. And as I went on, I found that people kind of go, I don't know what that is. That sounds interesting, but I don't want to take a test. And it wasn't as tangible as I wanted. And as COVID hit, I was kind of seeking a, a more tangible way to reach people and to be able to take my kind of part-time side hobby business into full-time. And, you know, synchronicity happens and the happiness training kept popping up everywhere. And so finally, as COVID hit here, uh, it came into my workplace and I was exposed and got sick. And I was off for three weeks, which I thank goodness, because it allowed me that downtime to really evaluate uh, what I was doing, where my integrity was in my work and what I wanted. And so I signed up for the happiness training certification and at first started teaching it in the community I worked in. I was a life enrichment director for a senior community. And the changes that they experienced were remarkable. Mm -hmm. They had gone from four months of solitude and quarantine in their apartments to coming out of it so depressed, feeling so isolated. A lot of them had declined, you know, physically. Um, And then I started teaching them these basic actions and habits of happiness. And I had one of my residents tell me that she said, Tamara, I didn't want to take pills. I didn't know how to find my way out of my depression, but you, you helped me find a way. And she just took it to heart and actually started creating habits of happiness that lifted her up out of her depression. And, you know, I still go there now. I don't work there anymore. Yay. I get to go there now and continue to speak on and teach and support them in happiness. And it's just incredibly rewarding. And I do it in high schools now and senior communities and with private clients. And it's just, if we could just learn, if we could all just simply know that our happiness truly is in our hands, it doesn't just happen though. We have to actually work at it and create healthy habits that support us body, mind, and soul. Yeah. This is just this is just magical. I love this. I love the idea of teaching people how to be happy because for all I'm doing, you know, teaching yoga and trying to share the wisdom of the chakras and um, sharing my meditations and so on. You know, essentially, we're doing all of that just for one reason, which is to find happiness, find contentment. And um, so just zone in on that and go, right, just cut all the other rubbish out this is what we're doing we're just working on techniques that are going to make you happy but what I wanted to ask you is like there's a I always say to people like happiness is kind of like um is an elevated emotion obviously it's an elevated higher vibration which is wonderful but it can't be a sort of a baseline I'm I always sort of think and I may be wrong please correct me that as a baseline one should aim for contentment now am I aiming too low (laughs) no absolutely not in fact the working definition of of happiness is for me an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on circumstances so Marcy Shimoff who I was trained by calls that being happy for no reason 
And so it is that state of contentment. We're not always going to feel elevated and like running and skipping for joy. Mm-hmm. And life has lots of challenges that definitely cause our emotions to contract occasionally. And that's okay. So happiness really is being willing to experience all of it and gracefully moving through our emotions instead of trying to stop them, avoid them, or get stuck in ones that we think feel good, which sometimes we behave in ways that aren't healthy for us in order to stay in those good emotions. It's really embracing all of it so that overall we have this contentment and we're fluidly moving throughout our emotional body you know, with totally balanced and aligned chakras. Of course, of course. So um, just so talk me through the, the, I don't know if you, I don't want you to give away everything that you teach and and your courses and what have you, but like for me, um, what a baseline thing for happiness and contentment, obviously it has to start from within. And that thing is self-love and self-respect. Is that a sort of foundation what are what are the sort of the stepping stones would you say sort of internally for this work of like finding yourself being happy for no reason which i think is lovely yeah it definitely has self love uh in it right we i don't think that we can truly be happy unless we like who we are and enjoy being with ourselves and so but a lot of people kind of shy away from that they're like oh i don't like that term i don't like what it sounds like I'll have to do, but ultimately it is starting with that relationship with yourself and, and awareness, right? So you have to start with the awareness of where you are today, how you're treating yourself and how you're talking to yourself. We all talk to ourselves, you know, our thoughts. And so am I kind to myself or am I calling myself names every time I make a mistake? Am I compassionate with myself or am I the biggest bully I know to me? And so we really have to look at how we're treating ourselves. And there are seven main areas in happiness in what I teach. And the first one is the foundation is taking responsibility for your own happiness, right? So I don't expect you, Roseanne, to make me happy. <laughs> I take responsibility for that. Yes. And do what I need to do so that I don't blame others for not making me happy, including the government or my ex-husband or my kids or my parents. I don't blame them for things that they've done and say, they're the reason I'm unhappy. That is me giving all my power away. Instead, I take responsibility and then I take action, proactive action. And then we get to the mind, right? The mind is so important. How we think, what we think. We have 60,000 thoughts on average a day, and most of them are negative for the average person. They're negative and they're repeated. So we're having the same negative thoughts every day. Reinforcing them to ourselves on a daily, yeah. on an hourly, yeah, that reinforcement. Yeah, every- Every second we're having these thoughts. And so that's why it's important to notice the quality of those thoughts Mm. and start to shift them if you can. And some of us need some help. And that's why, you know, I exist in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then we have, so we have the foundation, then we have the pillar of the mind, and then we have the pillar of the heart. And this one is 
how are we showing up in the world in our hearts? Are we open and loving and kind and generous to others and ourselves? Mm-hmm. Or are we holding on to resentment and anger and, you know, just like never forgiving any wrong? Uh, because then we're so closed. And, you know, you probably know that they can actually measure the there's a, a toroidal field, which is the energy of the heart that can actually be measured now. And it extends out eight to 10 feet. And so when we walk into a room and it feels very unwelcoming, those people are probably with a very closed heart. But when it feels like, oh, I love this, like this group feels so warm and welcoming and fun. Those people are living with a more open and compassionate heart. And that's going to cultivate health in our bodies as well as more happiness in our lives. Yeah. So we have the heart. Then we have our body, <laughs> speaking of which, yeah. and we have to take care of it. We only get yeah. this one package. And in our bodies, it's about how we're you know, nourishing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are we getting the exercise? You have a yoga mat on your floor there. I have one on mine. Are we taking care of this physical package in a way that supports our brain health, in a way that supports our emotional health? And are we getting enough sleep? all of these things matter far more than people want them to. <laughs> I think people know that they do, but it's the work that they're not, you know, it's like that. To say, oh. it's, yeah. It's the tough work, isn't it? It's sort of, it's it when there's so many yeah. easier options, so much easier to sit on the sofa and, and eat something rubbish than it is to make yourself something delicious. Having been for a walk or done a half an hour's yoga. Yeah. It's just ease, isn't it? But it's training and it's yeah. practice. Yeah. And I would say like the motivation comes after you start experiencing the benefits. Yeah. So do it anyway at first. (laughs) And then like for me now, you know, I've been doing yoga on a daily basis for years. And recently I thought I really need to up my cardio game. Like this, all this stretching and flow is great. And there's some strength in there too, but I'm not really working hard. And I, you know, yeah, not getting a full on sweaty, puffy, Exactly. And so we got an exercise bike and I've been getting on that thing almost every single day, working up that sweat. And I feel more clarity in my mind, right? I have more energy. I don't need coffee anymore. I hardly ever did, but, um, you know, and I can tell the difference. So on a day where I do decide to sleep in and sit around, I don't think as well. And so like one, that's why it matters that you start doing the thing anyway, get yourself through the first few days, the first couple of weeks, that's the hard part. And then you start experiencing the benefits of a better night's sleep, of better exercise, of more nutritious meals and more water. Then that gives you the motivation to keep it up. Yeah. Okay. Because I love to sit around and watch Netflix as much as anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And indulge in some chocolate. And I am aware, again, it comes back to awareness of how my body feels based on what I'm doing or not doing. Yeah. So that matters. And then we've got our soul. We've got to take care of our our soul, our spirit. Happier people in the world have a greater connection to something bigger than themselves. And some might call it God and some might call it source and some might call it mother nature. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is that you cultivate a feeling of connection with others and with something greater. And, and that, you know, happens through, for me, yoga and meditation and walks in nature and even just looking outside and seeing flowers blooming, you know, but getting out there is better. Yeah. And then we have our, 
Um, and then we have what in my teachings we call the, the roof of our home for happiness, which is finding purpose and meaning every day. So if we're not doing anything meaningful, if we're not bringing purpose into our experience, then we wonder what the heck is this life about anyway? Yeah. And it's not about, you know, you don't have to go find some grand purpose or discover why you were born. You can simply smile at people in the grocery store or knit something beautiful or sing or, you know, whatever brings purpose and meaning to you, whatever lights you up, whatever makes you come alive, that's purpose, that's meaning. And it doesn't matter if you are the rubbish collector or, you know, a superstar like Beyonce, it doesn't matter as long as what you're doing feels invigorating and purposeful for you. And is that the same? Would you put that in the same category as sort of as following your passions? As, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I, I, I put that disclaimer and like, you don't have to have a grand purpose in life to feel on purpose and have meaning in your life. And those passions, that's part of, um, I bring in the passion test in that section of the teaching for classes and workshops that I do, because that's where we get to get clear on the five things that matter the most to us in our lives so that we can put our attention on those things and actually have more joy and purpose and meaning in our everyday experience. And they're different for everybody. But it's where I start with every client because it's been such a guiding force in my own life for the last decade. And I continue to use it over and over because passions change as time does. Absolutely. So we, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We realize like we might both be doing podcasts for a while, but then one day something more important or more fun or more invigorating is going to come along and you might decide to shift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you've, you've given me six out of seven so far. What's the last one? I'm really interested. We call it the garden in our home for our happiness, and that's our relationships. So who we surround ourselves with, you know, there's that quote out there that we become the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And while it's not completely true, there's a lot of weight in that statement, because if we are around negative, toxic people all of the time, it's going to be very hard to uplift ourselves unless we've strengthened that muscle and all those other areas of happiness. Mm. And so we want to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with support and we, we choose people to spend time with who lift us up and support us in more positive thinking and a more positive view in life. And this also um, reaches into another way that we nourish ourselves or not, which is our viewing and listening habits. So what are we watching, reading, listening to? Are we news junkies? Because the news is rarely good, uh, at least in the media. We have good news in our lives all the time, yeah. but are we paying attention to it? And if so, you want to find good news out there in the media, you have to really search hard for people who are purposely putting out good news. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you do. And there's like the Good News Network and, and CNN now puts out five um, like five good things every week. They have a weekly, right? But you turn on the radio and you're going to hear bad news. Yeah. So you want to be really mindful. And I'm extremely protective of what goes into my brain, <laughs> like from even what I watch or when I watch it. So for instance, my news 
regimen is that I won't listen to the news except for mid morning. So never the first part of my day and never the last part of my day. And very rarely also will I watch any kind of violent action or murder mystery or anything late at night, right before I go to sleep, because then I'm going to dream that. And then that's what my brain is reliving all night long. And I want to make sure that I go to bed clean. (laughs) So I wake up clean and I go to bed clean and I spend a lot of time with really amazing people so that I'm supported in the kind of life I want to feel, right? It's not just about living, it's feeling. And so how do I want to feel every day is a great question people can ask themselves. How do I want to feel? And are my actions and the people I'm spending my time with supporting me in that feeling? I want to feel good. And so I do the things and encourage the relationships and cultivate the relationships that feel really good. Yeah. And there are, of course, some that don't. Yeah. And that's why the other work is so important, right? Yeah, I love this. I love the fact that you have come in with this and you have seven things. And I've just been taking notes of what you, the, the seven little things. And I'm, I'm relating them each to a chakra as well. And they, and they kind of fit in. So at your root, you've got the care for your body, you know, that fundamental exercise, nutrition, like looking after your physical being. Um, I think responsibility for the self or actually no purpose and meaning and responsibility for the self. I can't quite put those, but those are around the sacral, which is about your passions, your emotions, your, um, you know, your passions in life. And then your solar plexus, which is your purpose and your meaning. But it's also that sort of ego. So that taking responsibility for the self that sits with me at the solar plexus chakra. Then obviously your heart and all of that is obviously the heart um your blah, 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 where are we the, your mind your thoughts that's all third eye stuff your connections that's all you know crown chakra that very much that energy of that crown chakra and then so that's why I was excited to listen to hear what you said at the last one because the only one that was missing was the Vishuddha chakra the throat so I was like relationships relationships with people yes it's the communicating um chakra it's your expression it's you know not only is it your listening which you very purposely said but it's it's your communication expression and and your and your worth as well lives there so I love that this tallies so beautifully because it just validates doesn't it it validates your work it validates my work it's sort of yeah yeah it's really beautiful I love that you related those that's great it works. It really works. That makes me, that makes me happy. <laughs> <But it's, laughs> Good. See, <laughs> it's working already. <laughs> exactly. So listen, one of the things that I, I think that we, you've touched on already and we all deal with is how we, you know, because doing the work ourselves is great. It's something that, you know, obviously everybody who's listening to this podcast is trying to do work on themselves is, you know, is doing the work, you know, they're going on a journey themselves. And so they're, they're, this is a, you know, they're getting lots of lovely information and details, but every day we all come across somebody with that negative energy. We all come across somebody who's going to drag us down, who doesn't want us to be in our higher selves, who doesn't want us to be, you know, there. So how do we, how do you recommend that we deal with those people who are downers, those Debbie downers? How do we deal with them? 
Yeah. And there are, there are plenty of them. And I, I'd like to say that there are opportunity to see how strong our own happiness muscles have become. Mm. Right. So if I can maintain that inner peace and calm, even around the downers, and I have a significant one in my life, (laughs) then I know that I'm, I'm managing my muscles really well. And I'm doing the work, the consistent work in all of those areas. And so there, first of all, there are opportunities for you to check in with yourself and the work that you're doing, right? That's one way to look at it. Uh, everything happens for me, not to me. And that means everyone happens for me and not to me as well. Um, so that's one thing. And the second is you have, this is why the relationship with yourself is so important because your voice, that inner voice in your mind needs to be stronger than the downer's voice. It needs to be able to speak louder and more confidently than the downer's voice because those downer voices get into our heads, right? And so Byron Katie always says, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. And that's a little mantra I love to live by. And also boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's hard for women, especially to create healthy boundaries, emotional boundaries for ourselves. But this is one thing that we can practice, 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 and strengthen. And it is really about the toxic people in your life that you have to deal with. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're a parent. Maybe they're even one of your kids Mm -hmm. or a partner. You know, you're not everybody we get to choose, right? We get to choose a lot, but we don't get to choose everybody. And so you get to go in though and say, I'm going to cultivate this particular feeling in my body. And I'm going to do it by waking up mindfully, getting my exercise in, eating a healthy breakfast after hopefully what was a good night's sleep. So I'm already taking care of myself. And I know that I'm responsible for my own happiness. And so when we go into work or into traffic or whatever, and somebody ticks us off, we get to gauge how quickly we can recover. And if it's a working uh, person who's uh, me, I, I once had a very negative boss and, and a couple of very negative coworkers, and not everybody has the luxury to go back into their own office and close the door and kind of recalibrate. Mm but you can take a few breaths. You can also let people know, Hey, I am mindfully taking care of myself today. And I'm going to step away from you right now because I'm feeling like it's very negative. And you just have to really practice these conversations sometime in your head. Like I will teach clients. uh, I work with a lot of seniors, so I'll teach them, you know, when that phone rings and you answer it, instead of saying, oh, so-and-so, how are you? Say, hey, what's good with you today? So eliminating the how are you, which opens it up to absolutely anything, and instead saying, what's good with you today, automatically frames the conversation and throws people off guard as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> throws them out of their own negative pattern. And then they have to actually look for it. And the brain actually looks for what's good with me today. What's good with me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're, uh, yes, there, there is an opportunity for somebody to go, oh, absolutely nothing is good. Everything is dreadful. But 
yeah, at least you've tried, right? <laughs> eventually they'll be like, well, I, I woke up today. I guess that's a good thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, and then framing it with, with people, you know, if you have a chronic complainer in your life, I always say, you can say to them, Hey, I, I hear, I hear you. First of all, we all just want to be seen and heard, right? We want validity in this life. I hear you. I, and I've heard you talk about this before, and I'm wondering if you'd be interested in looking for solutions together. I'd be happy to help you look for some solutions, or do you just need to vent for a few minutes? Mm. And if it's just venting, great, but I'm going to put a cap on it after five minutes because I'm working on really feeling good today, and I want to support you, and I need to support me. I mean, those, that's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do that. I think there's a lot of people who would find it quite nerve wracking going to, you know, because it's a real stepping out of your comfort zone. If you're the type of person who sits there going, you know, listening to, you know, whoever in the next desk or, you know, your friend or your neighbor, whatever, just having that complaint again and again and again, to actually turn around, and especially if they're that forceful sort of personality, for you to say, actually, I don't, I'm I'm going to give you five minutes on this and then we're out of here. It's because you don't know how other people are going to react. That's That would be my first instinct. Like if I think of somebody who I know who can be, can react very negatively, who can be quite negative. Like if I said that, like, Sometimes you think they would be fine and they would step step back and go, oh, okay. And other times they, you know, I don't know, you go, my, my natural thing here is to go, God, I'd be really worried about what they'd say or what they'd think. Is that normal? Yeah, and then you come back to the um, quote that what other people think of you is none of your business because you have to take care of you and you do it in a loving way, right? Like, like I said, I hear you. I hear you're really going through a rough time. I'm wondering if you'd be open to solutions today. If you just need to vent, that's okay too. I've got about five minutes, Yeah. right? And you just put that boundary. And that's why practicing this is really important. But ultimately what we're saying, Roseanne, is I love you and I love me. And I'm going to act in accordance to loving both of us, not just you. Mm. A lot of us just give ourselves away and we love on others and do not love on ourselves. And then, you know, what happens, we lose respect for ourselves. We feel out of integrity. And then we go down that downward spiral of instead of loving ourselves, of hating ourselves or not liking ourselves. And what we want to do is build up our core so strong that we feel, even if it's not comfortable, we feel capable of saying, I'm going to put a a hard boundary around this because ultimately we show people how to treat us. We show them what we tolerate and we teach them by what we allow or what we don't. And people might get mad, especially if they are not very aware themselves, right? Yeah. I have a person in my life who every time I assert a boundary, they get very angry and say, you know, lots of things. And luckily I can create a very big boundary there because it's someone I don't have to actually see or speak to it's written communication, but, um, you have to really work those muscles. And so that's what all the other areas are important too, because the stronger you get in all of them, the stronger you feel emotionally, the stronger you feel mentally and the deeper love you have for yourself, the easier it is to say those words and to put those boundaries into place and to 
keep them. And then the chronic complainers stop coming to you to complain. You'll be the person they come to for the solutions or, Hey, I'm having a down day. I know you don't want to hear me complain, but could you just tell me something good today? (laughs) You know, I used to have people come into my office and they'd be like, Oh, I can't take another minute with that person who's next to my office. I just need to be in your energy for a minute. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Just be in here. I'll give you a hug. And what do you need? Like, how can I help? Like, could we, could we shift perspective? And sometimes those, those tiny little perspective shifts make the biggest impact. And that's why I often will share that. Hey, how is this for you? How could you learn or grow from this? And not everybody's ready right at the start. Sometimes we do need that venting time, but then like, could you look at this? Are you willing? willing to look at this differently? Are you, you know, we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what's going on for other people unless we ask specifically and they are honest and tell us. And so one of my practices is to assume the best of people and have a generosity of thought about people. And so, you know, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know if my partner comes home and slams the door, if he's mad at me or if he had a bad day or if the wind caught it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. If I'm making an assumption, that's kind of like self-bullying because I don't know unless I ask. And I try to live that very present-minded too. And that's where also practices like meditation and yoga really, really help us strengthen those cores because I I don't make a lot of assumptions anymore. I don't know. So I go and ask like, are you okay? Is that, I heard the door slam. I'm wondering, are we okay? Is something happening? Do you need some support? Did I <laughs> like, what's up? Cause I don't know, but I want to. Yeah. And so we have to be courageous enough to know, <laughs> to ask. You're so right that the, you, you know, especially in relationships, um, you know, I think one does make assumptions because you get into patterns and you go, oh, X happened. So now Y is going to, you know, kick off and say Z, you know, you, you kind of, and you once, as soon as you've thought that, as soon as you've thought, you know, it, for example, you know, oh, it's raining today. And so now, nothing, you know, we can't go out and do the whatever in the garden or, and then that's going to, you know, if I then like make an assumption about that, the likelihood is, of course, that's what's going to happen because I've already like dreamt it, thought it, energized yeah. it into reality. So trying to, suppress having assumptions about what people are going through is a really it's very powerful I've learned that the hard way <laughs> let me tell you I have, I have that's taken some years that's taken some practice but really that's a valuable thing is just go at everything with that blank slate it's just like it could be something completely different you know just because it's likely to be abc you know doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be um, and then you go into it with an openness and a lightness that's a lot less doom laden, laden than when you go and go, yes. oh, God, is it that thing again? You know, like... Right. And it helps you to be able to prepare yourself to handle whatever it is. Right. And you said the word practice. It is a practice. It's all a practice. Everything I've said is a practice. And I've just been practicing longer than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and so We just keep practicing it. And then what happens is we start to have better awareness and we start to catch ourselves when we're telling stories in our head and making up things about the experiences of other people. And then we can go, oh, and another good thing. And I got this from Brene Brown is 
okay, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? And then you can share that with your partner. The story I'm telling myself right now is that you're really mad and you came in and slammed the door and it's probably my fault. <laughs> is this a true story? Am I making it up? Yeah. <laughs> no, that is, that is, that is a God bless Brownie Brown and her brilliance. Oh. Because that is true genius, isn't it? To be able to express your what you're feeling without going, making it personal or making it attacking or making it blaming or making it anything. It's just a little cloud of whatever it is that's just, you're just going, look, what's this? <laughs> like a little comic strip cloud, you know, oh, here's the story. <laughs> How accurate or inaccurate is it? Yeah. It's not <laughs> attached to me. Yeah. It's not attached to you. It's just there floating. Mm-hmm. And what do we do about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it, I mean, it makes life a lot easier. We all think we can read minds, but none of us really can. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that, I mean, that comes uh, slightly onto the other thing that one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, which is the the self-critical thinking, you know, so bringing it back to the thoughts in the mind, like we're, that our thoughts projected onto other people, our assumptions about other people are dealing with other people's negativity. That's one thing that we all have to deal with, which is something that's kind of a little bit outside of ourselves. And we can go, okay, I have a little strategy on now how to deal with Betty from accounts when she comes and moans at me or whatever. But, and that's great. That's a great tool to have. But when, when we're the ones inside our own minds being, negative Nelly and being a downer and being critical bullying as you said can we because we do um how do we how do we how do we tackle that do we have some you know what what's what are your what are your techniques for tackling that inner voice that can be such a pain sometimes the first thing I always the first thing I did for myself and the first thing I tell others to do is just to start with being aware of what you're thinking, start noticing your thoughts and the way you talk to yourself. Do you drop something and say, Oh, what an idiot. Or do you say, Oh, oops, I dropped that. <laughs> right. So start to simply be aware. And then there's a practice that we, we do uh, that I do with clients, which is the inner critic work. And that's where we kind of Uh, brainstorm the worst things we say to ourselves. So we take five minutes and we just write down all the terrible things we say to ourselves. And usually, honestly, what it boils down to is I'm not enough. That is probably the number one negative thought everyone has. I'm not enough. And it might be, I'm not good enough, or I'm not skinny enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not whatever enough. You can take out the whatever and it's yeah, I'm just not enough. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at that. Nobody loves me. And so we write those down so that we can, again, bring greater awareness to what we're thinking and feeling about ourselves. And then we get to pick the biggest, hardest, most hurtful statement that we say to ourselves. And we get to decide a new thought. We get to decide how we're going to change that. So if it's, I'm not enough, the opposite is I am enough. And we work with that and we might do some mantra work with that. We might do some tapping, you know, uh, emotional freedom technique. We might work with that just to loosen up that belief Mm -hmm. and then um, start to replace it with the 
I am enough. And then what we do, and listeners, I encourage you to just do this for yourself today. We write down three to five reasons why I am enough is as true or truer than the negative belief, right? How am I enough? Oh, my kids adore me, right? I must be a good enough mother. Um, I am enough. Um, My partner loves me. I have great friends. Uh, I'm making a living, (laughs) right? I have great family relationships. Just write down everything you can think of that's evidence as to why you are enough or whatever your inner bully belief was, uh, what the new belief is. Find the evidence for it. It's there. It exists. And if you have trouble, that's when you reach out to somebody who loves you or someone supportive in a supportive um, job like a coach or a teacher who can help you with that because that can shift your world. And it's the first and most important shift, I believe, in anyone's life. And some of us have, you know, harder, bigger bullies than others. Yeah. And again, and very, some people have this very, very entrenched. It's like their brains yeah. that it's such a habit. It's such a deeply grooved rut of thought in the, right. you know, in their actual brain, you know, the, 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 the neural pathways are so yes deeply entrenched that it can be really hard work and it's again that back to that word of practice isn't it you know this is like using the affirmations that I am enough is my my the affirmation that I use around the sacral chakra which Mm -hmm. is all about creativity and um fun and joy and passion and and you know all of that but Oh my goodness. It is the most powerful. It is one of the most powerful affirmations, you know, and using all, you know, I have, I have an affirmation for each chakra. I mean, there's a million affirmations, but I just try and keep it simple. That is a really beautiful exercise to actually journal it, which again is Mm -hmm. one of the best things to do because if you just do it in your brain, I mean, this is my personal experience as happens in my brain. I go, oh, I can't be bothered to get out my journal and write. I'm just going to think, sit here and sort of think about it or whatever. Or, you know, you're on a walk and you're trying to do it. And your brain just sort of leads you around in a little pattern, a little circuit, and they go, oh, yeah, it's a nice round here. But, oh, guess what? You're back exactly where you started again. (laughs) So you've got it in black and white on the page. That's where it really starts to carry. It's powerful because we really, yeah, we have to rewire those patterns, right? We have to break the old patterns and create new ones. And our brains, we have neuroplasticity. It's possible, right? It's absolutely possible to do. And we have to practice. And then there's an extra step you can take if, if you're one of those really big bullies to yourself, you can create a stop word. So every time you have the, I'm not enough thoughts, you just, you can find a stop word. You can even be just stop, delete, cancel, whatever. Um, Deborah Poneman, who is a speaker in personal development and one of the first ones, she will actually do that on stage. She's an incredible speaker and she'll be on stage giving a talk to who knows how many hundreds of people. And if she has a limiting thought or a critical thought come into her head, she'll say out loud, stop, cancel, delete. Okay, now. (laughs) And just restart because she's interrupting that negative thought, breaking the pattern and starting fresh with a more supportive thought, right? 
That's really, that's be really willing cool. to be uncomfortable and to do those things. Cause it's, it's extraordinary because you can be doing something that seems like it's taking up your full attention, like giving a talk or in my mm-hmm. case, like teaching a yoga class full of people. And I'll be teaching the class and words will be coming out of my mouth. And I'll suddenly think in you know, realize that my thoughts are going, who on earth do you think you are? What makes you the person in charge of telling these people, yeah, come, come on. <laughs> and it does. Uh-huh. That voice comes in. I mean, I think my yoga students might think I'm a little bit strange if I started chatting, stop, cancel, delete. They all might like, fall out of their heads. <laughs> like, stop, what, those? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's extraordinary that the brain can be simultaneously busy and still. Yeah. Still able to give you that negative rubbish in the back of your head. Yeah. And so if you stop it, even if silently, you stop it, you catch yourself, you interrupt the pattern, and then you replace it. Now, I am enough. I am qualified to teach this class. I am a good teacher. Look at my students who keep coming back to me. Right. Then we break the the negative cycle and we start creating a positive cycle. And that's, you know, I mean, we are hardwired. People need to know we are actually hardwired toward the negative. It's why we've evolved to where we're at. We had to be more aware of the dangers than of like the pretty, you know, sunrise. We had to know which berries were poisonous and where the tiger was hiding and all those things. Right. So that's how our brains are wired. We just don't need the hardwired toward the negative as much anymore. And so we have to actually work at hardwiring it toward the positive and that we just need to lean into more positives. And so when we catch ourselves in a negative thought, one of the rules is replace it with three positive ones, just on the spot, replace it. If I think, oh, it's dreary and rainy outside, think, oh, well, it's watering my plants for me. I don't have to do that today. Um, you know, oh, it gives me time to get a good hot cup of tea and sit in with a book, right? So we replace it and we find what's good about even the negative stuff. And that's really a practice. It's easier for some than others. I'm a relentless optimist. So for me, it's probably a little bit easier than for others, but even I have to work at it sometimes. And then um, I just started using this one with my clients. I get to, instead of I have to, or I need to, I get to, oh, I get to sit inside and enjoy the the look of the rain instead of be out in it. I get to vacuum my house because I have a home, right? I get to do this exercise because I have this body that supports me. That's healthy and strong. I get to, I get to, I get to, I get to. And it really, I have a client who was like, I was vacuuming and I thought, oh, I get to vacuum. And I actually enjoyed the vacuuming. <laughs> and then his next thought was, and I get to hire someone else to do the deep clean because I don't want to, I get to hire them. I get to support someone else in their life and in their, you know, um, living. So it, yeah, no, that's something that I, when I talk about, um, uh, relationships with, um, you know, because everything in life is relationship, you know, whether with people or food or money or whatever, and with yourself, with your body, um, and relationship with money is always a really interesting one. And I always mm-hmm. say that you have to be as grateful for the money that you, you know, the checks you write for the bills as you are for yes. the money coming in. And that yes. that I get to, I get to pay my electricity bills so that I can charge my phone and watch television and have the lights on and, you know, work on my laptop or whatever. You know, you have, there's a, always a positive to be found in 
anything, even however sort of stressful it may seem, like paying a massive tax bill. You know, like my husband was complaining, oh, I've got to pay a big tax bill. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, that's A, it's the law. But B, you know, it's it's paying for, you know, for the health service, for the police, for the, you know, think of all the amazing things that your tax is, is helping other people live lives. Like, it's, yes, be grateful. It's wonderful. It's great that you've got enough money that you can pay your tax bill, you know? It's great that you earned enough money that you have that big tax bill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. So, you know, there's always something to be found, even in the things that might make us unhappy. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And those are the most <laughs> powerful ones too. Like if you can find gratitude in the hardest parts, that's when it's the most powerful. And that's why I return to that mantra, everything happens for me. Mm. You're right. I might not know why right now, yeah. but if I believe that it's a friendly universe and that everything is happening to support me, then it sure does make it a lot easier to handle. And the cool thing is that we don't really know. So we get to make up whatever we want. <laughs> we get to make it up. Right. And if I decide that it's all for me, I'm going to live a much happier, more peaceful, contented, happy life than if I think everything is against me. But both are decisions that I get I get to make. Exactly. Right? So which one? Dolores Cannon has been coming up on my feeds for a lot recently, and I and I keep seeing the same clip. And I don't, you know, obviously it's for me. And and it's and she's saying, and I'll have, you know just have to sort of um, you know approximate what she says, but it's, basically it's saying that you know everything is just a story, life is just a story, everything is just a play, and if it's a story, then you're writing your own story, and you can change it to be what you want it to be. So what do you want it to be? Just write your story how it comes. How how does you however you want it to be? Yeah. Exactly. But the They're other thing I'm creator. Yeah, we have to we can create our own reality and in its in its starts up here in and in in the heart as well. And my I mean, my my big practice in terms of keeping myself happy is gratitude. Um mm-hmm. gratitude is for me is like the biggest thing and and um when I'm teaching a class and we're just sitting, you know, having a moment, just breath work, just sitting, like centering ourselves, you know, bringing ourselves into the moment. I always finish that moment by saying, bring to mind something or someone for whom you feel truly grateful and, and, and let that rise up. And with that, the joy and the love that that gratitude brings with it, just let it because you're raising your vibrations and I try if I can remember to do that last thing at night and first thing in the morning and it makes oh my god so much difference in my life to how I approach life it is huge that is probably the practice that transformed my brain and I I practiced nightly gratitude for about three years straight and it did rewire everything and it, it, it changed the way I moved through my day because I started looking for what I might be grateful for that night on my list. And I would write it down. You know, there's a little bit of extra power power there when you write it down. And I noticed even in the most annoying parts, like roundabouts, they annoy me. I learned how to drive roundabouts in the UK and then I come to (laughs) Michigan and there are these tiny little roundabouts and people don't know what to do. And it annoys me. (laughs) And so 
I would find myself asking, okay, what will I be grateful for about this soul driver in front of me? Maybe they saved me from a ticket or an accident, or maybe they have a fish tank in their car and they just have to be really, really careful. And I just started making up new helpful, supportive stories about all of it. And it really, it's a gratitude if you can practice nothing else is massively transformational. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's probably a very good, um, uh, practice to actually, yeah, to write it down. I'm always too tired at night. I was just like, lie down, just think of the gratitude part and then <laughs> I'm gone. But yeah, writing it down as always, that's definitely the, the thing. So um, listen, there's one thing that I've written down, like I, we were supposed to meet a couple of days ago and we, we had to reschedule and on my notes, and I can't remember where I found this and I just found this really funny. And I just, so I wanted to ask you about it. I've just written down recovering, recovering Catholic. where did I see that about you you must have written that in my podcast probably so I have a a podcast called spirit cafe with my friend John Davis and I listened to it um, I loved it I really loved it oh good yeah it's great it came about because we were having this great conversation. He had interviewed me for um, a, a podcast he used to do. Uh, and we were talking and joking about how we were both recovering Catholics. And then we thought, oh, we should do a podcast about that because I was raised Catholic and it never really gelled with me. And I questioned it all the time. And all I liked about going to church was the singing. <laughs> and so, you know, when I, um, when I was confirmed, my mom said, well, okay, you just have to get confirmed and then you, you can do what you want. <laughs> okay. That logic there is strange, but okay. So I'm not going back to church because I don't really, I don't really believe in it. And it's, you're telling me things about people I love that I don't believe should be happening, right? My gay friends who love each other are not going to hell. I don't believe that. So I'm going to reject all these teachings that I think are hateful instead of loving. And I'm going to take the loving ones and go with it. And I don't need a middleman. Thank you so much. So that's what John and I talk about um, every, every week on Spirit Cafe is this spirituality without the guilt and dogma of religion as to recovering Catholics. I love that. I think that's so brilliant because I think, you know, religion is this interesting, isn't it? Because, because spirituality is um, certainly, I don't know, I think it's something that's come to me slightly later in life, maybe fairly, you know, relatively recently. There's the importance of having a spiritual practice to one's happiness. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, and as you say, you know, you can worship, you know, Mother Mary in a, in a cathedral if you want to, if that's your bag, great, if that does it for you. Yeah. You know, for me, it's source, it's universe, it's Mother Earth, yep. it's, it's, you know, nature, it's whatever. But having that connection, having that spirituality is wonderful. So I'm, I'm subscribing to Spirit Cafe because I love listening to you and your friends chatting yes. <laughs> and we i'm hoping really episodes oh coming up too. good excellent well i shall i shall link those in the podcast but listen we're, we're we've nearly done an hour now and i feel i feel honestly i feel full with with joy and happiness for having met you because i love your energy tamara i just think you're brilliant and i love your work and i love the fact that our um you know our work meshes so beautifully as well so i want to say can i put any links and so on what have you got links to that i can put in the show notes should anybody want to look you up i'll obviously put the spirit cafe podcast in there 
Thank you. Um, I am Tamara Zoner. So it's a pretty easy, you can do tamrazoner.com. It'll take you to my website, which is actually a life you love now.com. Um, I'm on YouTube. So there are like, if you like what I'm saying and you want more, there are lots of videos on YouTube for me, short ones too. I know people's attention spans can be yes. short. And then I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and just search my name and you'll find all of that me. good stuff. Okay. Wonderful. Well, hopefully I know that we will stay in touch by all or yeah. any of those means. And it's been an absolute pleasure, Tamara. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Tamara as much as I did. I just thought that she was so, her energy was just so beautiful, so positive, so loving, so generous, and so many fantastic tips that we can take into our daily lives to bring about happiness, um, to bring about contentment, setting up those boundaries, doing the gratitude work, looking after ourselves, so many great tips. And um, so I want to thank her very much for all of her time today. Um, And if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to find out more about the chakras and how I utilize the chakras in order to find contentment and happiness in the sort of structured way um, of of using that beautiful ancient system, then of course you can go to my website, chakra-way.com and find out more about my courses and so on. And in the meantime, I will be back soon with more meditations, more conversations. And if you would like to um, get in touch, please do so. I would love to hear any comments, any suggestions, anything that you want me to do a meditation about, just let me know and I will jump straight on it. So in the meantime, please take care of yourselves and have a beautiful day and I will see you very soon. Okay, sending lots of love to you. Bye now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.